Hello and welcome to Whitlet, the funny books podcast. I'm Lily Linden, I'm an editor at Vintage Books, and uh, normally in this podcast I interview uh, brilliant authors, comedians and publishing people about their favourite witty literature. But in this episode I'm, uh, I'm going to mix it up, do something a bit different. Um, it's just me today and uh, I'm not going to interview myself. I'm just going to recommend some of my favourite funny books and tell you a bit about why you might like them. To narrow it down, and uh, a narrow is, is a key word here, I'm going to recommend my top 10 funny short books. Because I don't know about you, but in lockdown, all I want to read are short things for my short little attention span. Um, so these are all books which are either under 150 pages long, or 200 if it's in a really big font. Uh, or which are, you know, easily divided up, so things like short stories or essay collections. Brevity is the soul of wit, after all, so I'm going to try and take advice from these short books and uh, and keep this brief. So this is theoretically my, my top 10 short funny books in 10 minutes, not including this, this rambling introduction, so I'm already cheating. If you like short things, or uh, if you want to be able to tick lots of numbers off your reading goals for the year, uh, I hope you'll enjoy. So first up, it's David Sedaris. I feel like if you're going to talk about funny essay writers, um, David Sedaris has got to be on there. Um, my, my introduction to him was Calypso, which has also got this amazing like wooden smiley face cover, which I love. Um, these are autobiographical essays from like this great living American humorist. Um, imagine if humorist was your job title. Um, it's about him buying a beach house on the sort of Carolina coast and inviting his family to vacation with him and about them becoming sort of increasingly honest with each other. But mainly he's writing about anecdotes that he's overheard of people sort of shitting themselves or about him collecting litter on his obsessive sort of Fitbit walks. These are really candid and eccentric and uh, he, he comes across as this kind of person that you'd love to hear getting drunk at a party. And uh, I think about these uh, a year on, especially whenever I see a turtle. Um, yeah, I'm really keen to read others of, of David Sedaris's books. Um, so yeah, if anyone would recommend which one I should do next, uh, I'd be very grateful. <laughs> Next is uh, an author and a book that always comes up on these lists of funny books and deservedly so, and that is Muriel Spark with The Prime of Miss Jean Brodie. Um, this is a story about an opinionated and manipulative and passionate headmistress, Miss Jean Brodie, and it is about her influence on her five favourite pupils, the impact that she has on their lives. This comes up so much in lists of sort of funny books that you might not realise how tragic and sort of dramatic and fully formed this book is, um, even though it's very short, about 100 pages. It is about rebellion, it's about childhood, it's about coming of age, it is about uh, eccentrics and power, and as well as just having these these moments as you're reading that make you snort. Like, there is this poor girl who's, who's famous for being a useless lump. It's very dark about the sort of grey areas between favouritism and abuse of power, which you wouldn't think would be funny topics, but Muriel Spark really makes them so. Next up is a short story from Philip Roth um, called The Breast. 
Um, so this is a kind of Kafka-like story where our hero awakens to discover that for reasons unknown to himself or to the leading scientists of the age, he has transformed into a large breast. Yes, just one single six-foot sphere of mammary tissue. Um, he's still conscious, uh, he's still alive, but for all intents and purposes, he is just one big boob. So um, the rest of the story kind of explores, like, what are the ramifications of this? Like, will it alter his relationship with his father? with his colleagues, with his girlfriend. Um, you know, at one moment he, he sort of thinks, if I'd turned into a six-foot penis instead, would things be different? Kind of constantly plays with this idea of, like, seriousness and, like, low brownness. So, um, you know, once he's calmed down, he, he sort of tries to perform Othello's death soliloquy. Um, very weird, very inventive, very fun. Um, I want to read more Roth. <laughs> instead of one short story this is a full short story collection i think my favorite ever short story collection um this is someone who will love you in all your damaged glory by raphael bob wakesberg um i feel like just the title has taken up my entire minute this is the uh, creator of bojack horseman which is another one of my absolute favorite television shows and i think these stories share um a lot with that show. They're uh, offbeat and often the world is slightly askew uh, in, a, in a kind of satiric way. Um, so for example there's one um, about uh, this couple trying to plan a wedding in a world where everyone uh, has an opinion about how many goats you should sacrifice. There's one about commuters who have a crush on each other but they just ride the subway for eternity never speaking. These stories gave me that same kind of awful ache in my chest that Bojack Horseman does in those kind of moments of unspoken intimacy and in a casual and flippant and self-deprecating voice um, but they completely tear you apart. I would read anything that this guy does. Uh, so if you like reading books that are from favourite creators, the next one I wanted to recommend is Stuart Lee, The Comedians. If you prefer a milder comedian, please ask for one EP. This is basically a transcript of one of his shows, um, but in the printed form, he's also added loads of details. So there are loads of footnotes. There's loads of sort of commentary ongoing about why the audience are laughing at this point and why they're so stupid. And I feel like the whole thing is great because you can really hear it in Stuart Lee's voice. My copy is signed from when I went to go and see this show live. Uh, Stuart Lee in the, in the signing queue said that he really liked my coat. I was using this as my kind of story and my friend said that Stuart Lee had said exactly the same thing to them, so I wonder if that's just a Stuart Lee thing. If you want to be reading something but not feeling like you're reading, like if you're in a bit of a reading slump, I think reading scripts, yeah, like this, is, is a really good way of uh, breaking that slump. So, yeah, a bit different. Oh, now something completely different. Uh, this is My Sister the Serial Killer by Oyinkan Braithwaite. Um, I absolutely love a book that has an incredible title and then delivers on it, and I don't think I've ever heard of a better title. Shortlisted for the Women's Prize for Fiction, this was absolutely everywhere when it came out. And uh, what's so great is I don't really have to tell you what it's about, um, but uh, it is about a woman whose, uh, whose sister is much more uh, conventionally attractive than she is and who keeps going out with uh, quite gross men and she then kills them and her sister has to clear up after her. 
and what happens when the attractive sister actually falls for the man who the other sister is in love with. So great, this book has everything. It has family, it has sisters, it has like the glamour, it has the thriller, it has the wit. Uh, it's so great. Uh, next up is um, another unusual female narrator and that is uh, Indelicacy by Amina Kane. Uh, a sort of historical story, but we never know which exact time period it's set in, but it is about a woman who cleans a museum, fantasizing about the sort of worlds of the paintings and writing about them in her notebook. Uh, she marries a very wealthy man and suddenly wants for nothing except for space and time to write. You know, humor is not the main goal here, but there are, because I think it's written in quite a, an understated and sort of poker-faced kind of way, the narrator Vittoria sort of tells people that that they are like worms uh, eating from a toilet or, or her husband accuses her of, of wanting to make herself abnormal on purpose. It, she thinks it makes her better than the people around her. And just like her acceptance that like that, yeah, fair enough. I do think I'm better than other people. It reminded me of Atessa Moshfeg's um, My Year of Rest and Relaxation. You just love seeing her lash out at people who are thicker than she is. Yeah, I think for its moments of uh, astonishing humour, which sort of come out even more brightly because they are within this very wonderful historical landscape that you wouldn't normally be expecting to have those like moments of shock funny in. Um, I think that's what makes this uh, a great one for if you want to feel like you're still being kind of highbrow and reading like a contemporary novel, but also find it really entertaining and funny. I think this is a good one for you. <laughs> I don't think I will ever do anything again where I don't bring up the love letters of Virginia Woolf and Vita Sackville West. And these are the, the true letters and diary entries of these two extraordinary 20th century writers, of them first meeting, first starting to write letters to each other, and then becoming incredibly close friends over 20 years, and indeed lovers at many points. But them navigating their relationship, it is about them flirting, it is about them talking about their writing, about their gardening, about their husbands, about their travel, about their dreams, and it is always incredibly lively and and just like candid and vivid and um it is like eavesdropping on on your funniest cleverest friends like flirty whatsapp messages really suited to just picking up the book and reading a couple of letters that obviously i'm a fanatic about these because i edited them but um i have them on my bedside table and i love to just pick one up and read like that day of the year but a hundred years ago and see what the girls were up to. I feel like I'm cheating a bit with this one because this is actually the, the only book on this list that I haven't read yet but um, this is a short story collection by Tiber Fisher which is called Don't Read This Book If You're Stupid. Again uh, a great title which um, should rule me out but I refused. Uh, this was recommended to me by um, one of my colleagues at Vintage so thank you Clara Farmer who uh, recommended it for the pod. I haven't got to the end of this yet but I'm a couple of stories in and there's a real dark cynical pessimistic humour here um, about like ambition, people trying to get ahead, people trying to just like make their way in this like dark horrible world that he imagines but always with um, such 
uh, astute kind of sarcasm, which I think is great for if you're in a bit of a grump and you just want someone to say how crap the world is in a really good way. And um, perhaps the, the collection as a whole might be completely different from that, but um, I really enjoyed the stories that I've read so far. Uh, I feel like Tiber Fisher is one of those names that, that should be better known. So um, if we do have any uh, Fisher fans out there, I'd love to hear from you about what I should read next and uh, why he's so great. And so let's end with the shortest and perhaps the funniest of the books on this whole list. And that is uh, John Classen's amazing picture book, I Want My Hat Back. This is the story of a, a poker-faced bear who loves his red pointy hat but has lost it. And he goes around the forest asking if anyone has seen his hat. It is a story about love, betrayal, anger, <laughs> surprise. It is just so great and it plays with so many ideas about uh, what a picture book should be and what it should look like. I just think it, it, it's truly iconic and I know it has a lot of a lot of fans, you know, go into a bookshop, read it in the bookshop for one minute, buy it, buy all the rest of them. This is part of a trilogy of hat-related picture books, but everything that John Classen has done is, is stylish and incredibly playful. It's just so great. Um, I actually wrote a 2000 word essay about this book when I was at university, um, which I guess is a pretty high ratio given that the book itself probably has about 50 words in it. So um, yeah, I would, I would super recommend it. It's so great. And I desperately want to have like framed prints of the bear in my room and everywhere I go. Um, so if anyone knows of where I can get one of those, uh, I would love that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Um, did you like that? Is that a thing that you like? Um, if you did like it, uh, please let me know, because otherwise uh, I won't know whether or not to ever do this again. Are there any short, funny books that I missed out? You know, what was I ignorant about? Uh, what what was I sacrilegious to leave out? Uh, I would adore to have uh, your recommendations of your favourite short funny books. Um, that is all I want to be reading at the moment, so I would really appreciate it. Um, please do let me know. Best uh, place to contact me, I guess, uh, if you type in Whitlit on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me there. Um, I'm ashamed to say that I don't really post very much on those accounts, but both of those accounts will link you back to me and my main accounts, which are on Twitter. It is at Lily underscore Linden. Uh, and on Instagram, it is at Bookie McBookface. Yes, type in Whitlit and you'll find me somehow or just, you know, you probably know me because you're probably listening to this because you're my friend or my mum. So um, you can just message me uh, what you thought. Um, I hope that you are well. Um, it is nice that it's spring, isn't it? I am. Uh, I'm really enjoying seeing little pops of colour on my stupid little walk every day. Um, so yes, I, I hope you're well and thank you for listening to this. Um, I know it wasn't a great deal of time out of your day, but you know, it's precious and I really appreciate that. So um, thank you and um, see you later.